Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gina. And I'm Nicole. And today we are dishing again with our husbands about our summer garden, um, which is very bountiful, I think, for both of us. But first, let's catch up. Uh, Nicole, what's new? Yeah, I love how our, our husbands are more popular than we are, but that's that's cool. Um, <laughs> sad but true. Sad but true. Uh, well, childcare, womp womp. Mm, so it's mm. the very end of August here. <laughs> I thought we uh, our traditional kind of school year at the the Montessori ended last week. Uh, Thursday, well, for us, Thursday, which was just for reference, August 20th. And I had, they're closed all of this week, that last week of August, as well as the 31st for like CPR training and all that kind of fun yes. stuff. So I had sent, um, you know, Shay's transitioning to public school. I had sent like eight different dates to the daycare, hoping that they could help us out because Piper's ready to go back. And then Shay doesn't start full time at, School, school until the twenty first of August or October, um, September. Sorry, so we oh, have I'm a say, full I... month. Holy, about without childcare for Shay. I'm like, okay. okay. So she had agreed and everything was fine. Then she comes back and she's like, well, here's the thing. Like, parents are a little, you know, that are COVID cautious or worried about, you know, kind of kids going back and forth. And I totally get it. It's, but it is one of those things where it's like you can't control everywhere. You know, even if your your students, their families could could go to wedding receptions with a bazillion people. You know, you yeah. just can't control everyone. So I'm frustrated by that because that's of course personally affecting me. And it's like it's not just like a day or it's a month that we're oh without childcare. Mm-hmm. So our, um, we found a babysitter for today and tomorrow already. There is an issue with tomorrow. So I'm like, this is just going to be a nightmare of a month. So, um, yeah, um, childcare woes. Um. Yeah, we'll I'm see. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Everybody's there. I'm not going to complain. We've made it through up to this point. Pretty um, just, you know, living our day to day, you know, without really too many hiccups in the childcare situation. So we are mm-hmm. blessed. But um, yeah, it still sucks. <laughs> so yeah, solidarity, parents. Complain. Yeah. Uh, Piper's recital, her little dance recital was this past weekend. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you saw, but it literally... So they sent out YouTube videos to practice. It's a three minute long little dance. It was so uh-huh. cute. You get there at 915. They practice. The performance is at 930 and you are walking out at like 934. It was like. <laughs> and that's how ours was. Exactly. All outdoors. There was four little girls, like two were twins. So you had three families standing in a parking lot. Um, we were the first one of the day. So it wasn't even hot. It was fantastic. I was and I was walking out and she's like, sorry, it's not like your typical dance recital. I'm like, uh, this is amazing. I was like, <laughs> yeah. some things we should keep post-COVID. I mean, I hate to be like that Debbie Downer because obviously all the kids are cute and it's wonderful. But, you know, weekends are short enough as it is. And when you absorb an entire day in a dance recital, it's yeah. So that yeah, was our I, first one. It was a great way to ease in. I, I've only been to one dance recital that I wasn't a part of because Paige has only been in one and it was mm-hmm. for holidays and we just hit through every single one. And I will say part of it was entertaining. Uh-huh. We had Cameron with us. I mean, I did actually kind of enjoy it, especially because it was holiday. Sure. Theme, so I knew all the music. It was it was cute. But yeah, if I don't have to do that ever again, I will. I'll be yeah. okay with that. <laughs> so this is like a summer day. You know, yeah. I mean, who wants to 
sit no. inside an auditorium on a beautiful summer day. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. Other than that, we have like a plethora of visitors coming in. Um, one of my friends visited with her four kids a couple of weeks ago. They're coming back this week. My best friend and her family visited this past weekend. My sister-in-law and her wife are coming in on Friday wow. along with my in-laws. And then, then what? Um, maybe that kind of wraps us up before vacation. So it's just kind of all coming, coming together here. So we've been pretty busy. Can't complain. Nice. Because you guys are going to northern Michigan, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. Yep. So we'll that see. It was kind of cooling off. I don't know how it was in Columbus, but like mid-August, oh, yeah. it was like mm-hmm. these fall mornings, like, mm-hmm. you know, sending the kids in like jackets. And I was like, oh, for sure. We're going to probably have like an ice storm by the time <laughs> we make it on our vacation, <laughs> knowing the Midwest. That was um, your fear too. But it's like 90 degrees now. And I'm sure it so is. so hot now. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so we'll see. Anyway, what's going on with you guys? Yeah, I think our weather is is very similar. All right, so working a ton, which was to be expected. All the students came back on the campus where I work and just praying that they all stay and they follow the rules because I've seen a lot of, I'm Mm -hmm. sure you've heard it too. I know uh, Notre Dame already shut down and a University of Dayton here in Ohio already shut down or at least went to all virtual. I think they also sent all their kids or the students back as well, but Oh, man, I just really hope that doesn't happen. So here's my theory. Okay, you work at a Mm -hmm. university. Is there Mm -hmm. chatter about if they cancel like in-person, you know, instruction, what are these kids going to be up to? Mm. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. I think if they cancel, well, first of all, the majority of instruction is all, is already online. It's, okay. I think it's probably like 50% in person and then 50% virtual. I don't know that for a fact. I just kind of made up those numbers, but I think it's roughly that. Okay. Um, And I think if they did go to all virtual, they would send them home. Okay. So it's yeah. not like they would, they would make it a hundred percent virtual. Oh, but you're all staying on campus. I mean, if they, if they decide to go all virtual, it's because students are partying and they're not following the rules and therefore they can't stay on campus. Period. That, those are social beings. I mean, they I are at that age where they're every, you know, nothing bad's going to happen to them. I just feel like, you know, but in the before, case of Notre Dame, like the cases are not going to improve over the next couple of weeks. I mean, they're, they're all going home, right? Well, before coming to campus, they had to sign like a pledge. And so did we as employees uh, to say that we would follow all the rules. And so they're taking it very, very seriously. If the students aren't following the rules then they're going to get in trouble. I don't know what that means, but it, they're taking it extremely seriously. And I'm, and I'm glad that they are, uh, you know, our dining facility. So I've been working in the in one of the food service operations and it's all we're doing all of our ordering via an online app. So everyone places their order online and then they can't come into the operation until they get their uh, notification that their meal is ready. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a single file line into the operation, grab their food by last name, pick it up, leave, you know, leave out the exit door, enter in the entrance door. I mean, it is just so mm-hmm. weird. And we're so it's the weirdest thing, too, because we're so busy. Like tickets just keep coming out. And this it's like this annoying beep, 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 beep whenever a ticket comes out, but there's nobody in the operation. It is the weirdest thing. Like Mm. we we are slammed, but there's nobody there. And it's just, I'm not used to, no one is used to this. We're used to like, you know, being like sardines in this place, you know, students um, everywhere. So it's just very different. Crazy. Mm -hmm. All right. What else? Uh, School has been good for the kids. They went back full time last week. 
Paige is already crying though whenever she goes to kindergarten. It's it's very interesting because she is the oldest person now. She went from being the absolute youngest to the absolute oldest because she's, you know, the August birthday. And I think she likes it, but they're also... <laughs> The teacher sent her home with two sight words, at and the. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she's like reading books, okay? And so I had to email the teacher, you know, just to kind of let her know. I probably should have told her this beforehand, but I thought the teacher knew that she'd already taken kindergarten because she went to that school. And she, I know she knew because she was a, a substitute teacher in, in Paige's kindergarten class. But anyway, I kind of was talking to her about sending home some more, I don't know, some more challenges. And I just thought it was funny. Paige even said, she sent home at and the, <laughs> which is the funniest thing. <laughs> is duh next? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. But no, for kids I, who have already gone through this, I mean, it's that is probably a mindset change. Very yeah. few people, girls, boys, take kindergarten twice. It's not very common. Um, but either way, I, I, I would think that most kindergartners know at and the. But I guess maybe Paige didn't last year when she started. Truthfully. Okay. And then, oh, two more stories. So one, this is the cutest thing from preschool with Cameron. Uh, I guess he, one of the little girls that he goes to preschool with um, was crying at drop off the other day. And he came up to her and he said, it's okay, Sydney. Cam is here. <laughs> he gave her a hug. <laughs> it's the sweetest thing. He's so sweet. And then lastly, this kind of goes back to our previous um, episode on body image, uh, I had an incident uh, with a close friend of ours. We were, they were, everyone was at our house. It wasn't very big. There was just a few of us here. And we had a dessert and this person was not consuming the dessert. And verbatim, Paige said, why aren't you eating any dessert? And the person said, because sugar makes me fat. Oh, I no. about Nicole died. And even I, you know, bless Nick's heart. He also was so furious. Actually, I think he was the first person to say something, which is so not like him. Uh, so we both had to have a discussion with that person afterwards and make sure that that never happens again. And hopefully to also understand, let this person understand why that's not an appropriate thing to say to a six-year-old. I mean, that's fine. If that's what you feel. But keep those thoughts to yourself. Good for you guys. I would have just like lashed out, I think. I, Ugh. well, I was not, I didn't want to lash out. There were other people and I didn't, didn't want to make it too awkward, but we certainly said something at the time. We didn't ignore it when she, when she said it, it was not ignored. Um, but we didn't, you know, make a big scene about it but afterwards. We, we certainly had a discussion with her and with Paige about that as well. All right, so that is all as far as catching up. But did you have anything else that you wanted to catch up on? Nope. Okay. All right, so before we begin on today's topic, just a quick favor to ask all of you listeners, if you like this podcast, please write us a review. Reviews on iTunes are everything to us and they really help us reach more people. So we'd appreciate it so, so very much. All right. So as an introduction for today's topic, back in episode 52, if you want to go back and listen to that episode, if you don't remember it, we interviewed our husbands, uh, Nicole's husband, Mark, my husband, Nick. And since they are, we did this because they're apparently the green thumbs of the family because you know, Nicole and I certainly are not. I mean, I'm, I think my, my thumb is turning maybe slightly green, but it's not quite like as green as Nick's is at this point. Since then, there's been a lot happening in our yards. And today we're going to update you on what we, <clears throat> they, have grown. 
and what we are making with our harvest. And of course, we will hear from the men themselves after we kind of go over the recipes that we've been making. And we're going to ask them a little bit about what they've learned this year and what they might do differently or the same next year uh, in the spring. All right, so let's get started. Nicole, what in the world did you and Mark plant this year? (laughs) Okay, so we did primarily basil and cucumbers. um, And I'll save our grand total (laughs) yield for (laughs) when Mark joins. Uh, We did some tomatoes as well as some sweet peppers. And that was actually it. Yeah, that's very, I'm looking at your list. That's exactly what we grew. So the sweet peppers, are those the thinner ones, right? Yeah, they're almost, I call them like little salad peppers. The ones that are maybe a couple inches long, like two or three inches long if they get bigger. Yeah. They look like pepperoncinis, but longer and red. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We grew that exact stuff. Basil, tomato, although apparently Nick also accidentally planted some heirloom tomatoes. They were supposed to be the small little cherry tomatoes, but all of a sudden we've got all these heirloom tomatoes popping up as well, which is fine because I love, who doesn't love a good heirloom tomato? And But instead of cucumbers, we planted specifically pickling cucumbers. Mm -hmm. And then Nick also attempted to grow some strawberries, which I think we probably yielded three (laughs) because some animal was eating them. And he tried so hard to protect those things, but um, uh, no success there. The ROI was not there on strawberries. (laughs) (laughs) Not so much. It was was so sad. He tried so hard. All right. So... (laughs) With your harvest, what have you been making? Oh, well, what have I been making and what have I been delivering? I have been delivering cucumbers all over our zip code, um, (laughs) taking them to work. And so we just cannot keep up eating the number of cucumbers that we've produced. But a ton of different cucumber salads. One, I think it was my mom win a couple episodes back, but it was like a grape and cucumber with poppy seed dressing. Um, Really unique. Also, I feel like every family has some version of like a creamy um, cucumber salad with maybe some vinegar, sugar, Mm. uh, dill, something like that. Did basically a yogurt based one of those. Maybe one of my favorite recipes was a panzanella. Uh, which is also called like an Italian bread salad for anybody not familiar with it. But it's basically just like chunked up toasted bread with usually some type of a vinaigrette and uh, fresh fresh tomato, usually uh, cucumber, onion, things along, lots of garlic, uh, fresh basil. It's it's divine. I mean, it's like summer paradise. Um, tonight, we actually had salmon BLTs. So we used uh, tomatoes from the garden. Um and then I guess that was it. Uh, some some dill that. Anyway, not a whole lot from our garden there. But um, funny funny about our salmon BLTs. I was busy trying to get up a, a blog post as soon as I walked in the door, and so Mark started on dinner, and he's like, I he's like assembling those the BLTs, and he's like, I feel like I basically made dinner. I was like, okay, you unpackage <laughs> the salmon from the the packages, put it on a baking sheet, <laughs> like I did the salt and pepper. And then he made the bacon in the microwave and microwave the corn. I'm like, I mean, okay. he made dinner rough, real rough. <laughs> I'm like, OK, good job. Uh, did you guys use bib lettuce? We did. OK, we did. I was right. just wondering if I, that's what we use. And I just wanted to I don't know. OK, but my reason for using bib lettuce is yeah. not only I do like bib lettuce, but I do, too. Uh, I think it photographs prettier. <laughs> yeah, well, it is, it's pretty. But I, it think, is. I also think it tastes better than regular lettuce. I mean, it does look better because it's it's just more sturdy. And I don't know. I just, 
I I like it better. It's crunchier to me. You you rarely get a bad head of bib lettuce. It's dirty though. It's very dirty. You it have to wash dirty. the crap out of it. Yeah, <laughs> some slugs in there. Uh, we mm. need pickles, specifically freezer pickles. And I was not so sure about this one, but it came from a trusted friend who. Um, it, so it calls for a bunch of like apple cider vinegar and sugar and then a bunch of crushed red pepper. And you basically make a sugar, uh, sweet and spicy brine and then fill the rest up with water. But it was a ton of onions, a ton of cucumbers. It used something like, I don't know, the recipes in the show notes, but a ton of cucumbers. And I used my mandolin to slice them really thin. It ended up making 10 pints. Oh, wow. Okay. And you throw them in the freezer and then just let them defrost. And I thought, I mean, to me, like hot cucumbers is like almost as disgusting as like hot cooked lettuce or something. I just don't like that. Um, they are wait, so wait, good. Hot? Oh, you mean spicy hot? No, I mean like temperature. So I, I think like of the texture, like if you think about like cooking a cucumber, the texture, I would just think. And then after you freeze it in liquid and defrost it, I was like that just it just won't yeah. be good. Do you so agree? Wait, I'm sorry. Do you have, you cooked the, the cucumbers? First? You don't. No, no, you don't. Sorry, I'm confusing. The heat is completely separate, but I'm envisioning the t- the texture being similar after kind okay. of either a cook or like soaking in a brine, yes. freezing, defrosting in a brine. Like I'm just imagining like mushy cucumbers. Yes, yes. And it did not turn out that way at all. They are okay. fantastic. And I've okay. shared them with multiple people who all feel the same. So it is possible to freeze cucumbers <laughs> and have them be amazing on the other side. Um, okay. A shit ton of pesto. I'm guessing <laughs> we've made close to a gallon. Oh boy. And that is a lot of basil. I mean, because if you, I made some pesto as well. Oh my gosh. And you, I mean, you take three giant handfuls of pesto in it, or I'm sorry, of basil, and it makes like two tablespoons. I feel yep. like you get nothing. So that's, that's a lot of basil. A ton. And we will for sure harvest at least one more time. Uh, wow. And then grilled salsa, which um, if I, I'm sure I've talked about it at some point on the podcast, but it's basically just a bunch of tomatoes, like a bulb of garlic, some jalapenos. You can use whatever peppers you want. So we could, we, we probably did use some from our garden. Mm-hmm. Um, an onion. And then you grill all mm-hmm. those things and then puree mm-hmm. them up with like cilantro, salt, pepper, and some lime juice. So, so good. That sounds so good. My kids actually really like salsa. That's awesome. We just buy the canned salsa, but that sounds, I, they'd probably try that at least. But that like really pico de gallo, if you're sit, sitting there chopping all that stuff, that takes a long time. It does. Throw it all on the grill and zzz, done. I mean, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would recommend that to, if you like smooth salsa. Yeah. What about you guys? Oh, and all those recipes yeah. will be in the show notes. I'll throw them all in there. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to try those pickles. So we've been taking the lazy route, which I've talked about before. I literally just chop up the pickles and put them in pickle juice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I'll buy a big thing of pickles because we love pickles and we'll go through them in a week. And then I'll use that pickle juice and just throw in like five chopped up cucumber pickles. Mm-hmm. And then in a couple of days, they taste not quite as salty as the, and, and, you know, dilly as other pickles, but very, very good. And I'll put them in their lunches and they're just good on a sandwich. They're, they're perfect. Uh, we also make cucumber sandwiches. I, I think I mentioned this in a previous episode as well. Just a really good hearty whole grain bread with cucumbers and hummus uh, and sometimes some mozzarella cheese melted on there. I'll do just a simple tomato feta cucumber salad. Sometimes I'll add quinoa to it. Sometimes I'll add a vinaigrette. Sometimes I won't. Um, or I'll add just some simple EVOO, salt and pepper. 
Of course, we've been making lots of pesto as well. And I think I put a recipe for the pesto that I've been making in the show notes. Also from your cookbook, which I'll link in our show notes, we made, which I will tell you, at first I was like, this is weird. Zucchini pizza. Okay, so it's your zucchini sausage pizza from your cookbook called Prevention RD's Everyday Healthy Cooking. And even the kids devoured it. I mean, Nick even said, wow, I am pleasantly surprised. So he was also (laughs) not convinced or that it was going to taste good. It was really good. We haven't, we're probably going to make it again here soon. I think I told you, what did I end up doing? I didn't make the the dough from your recipe, although it's a pretty simple recipe. I think I just, I usually just buy it in the bags where you just Mm -hmm. add water, Um, but really, really good. And then we've also been making pizza again from that bagged dough where you open the bag and add the water and then I'll make pesto and put the pesto on it. Some sausage, tomato and mushroom. So tomatoes from our garden, basil from our garden, make the pesto or just whole basil on the, on the pizza. We do a lot of pizza around here. <laughs> oh, also from today's dietitian, one of my favorite recipes, it's called risotto with spring vegetables. It, I, again, this was one of those recipes where I was like, you know, I've never actually made risotto before. Maybe I should try it and just see how this tastes. Delicious. I actually wrote, I think I made it for the first time a year and a half ago and I wrote 10 out of 10 on it, which I oh, rarely give wow. recipes 10 out of 10. It was easy, one pot dish, and just so good. And it's vegetarian, although you can, I actually I plan on making this maybe sometime in a couple of weeks when I have time with scallops. I think it would be really, really good with scallops. I mean, risotto and scallops. There's nothing better than that. So of course it calls for spring vegetables, but from our garden, um, nothing was used from our garden, but you can, you can find local, you know, spring peas and zucchini squash at your local farmer's market or grocery store. Also, Pressure cooker chicken pesto pasta, which I put a recipe for in our show notes. Notes again, pesto. Let's see, summer squash and basil pasta. What was that one? Oh, so the really quick the the pressure cooker pesto chicken pasta was one that my my kids also loved and super super simple. It called for chicken pasta pesto, cans tomatoes, baby spinach, chicken broth. Parmesan, although I really think you can make this vegetarian if you wanted to. I did use the higher protein pasta when I did this from Barilla. Really, really good. So again, the summer squash and basil pasta, which is also one of your recipes from your blog. And we made that one night. It was super, super delicious. I, there's, I think a lot of my recipes are really just Parmesan cheese, olive oil, <laughs> salt, and, um, and zucchini. I'm sensing a theme here, but pasta, either pasta or pizza. But that was really good. And then another recipe, tomato and basil shrimp and garlic butter sauce was super, super good. And again, basil and tomato from our garden. And then let's see. Oh, the carbonara, which I talked about on our last episode, which I'll put a a recipe in our show notes. But I had never, again, made carbonara. So carbonara carbonara being an egg. So uh, the sauce made with egg, um, some type of a cured meat. And what is the third ingredient? egg, bacon. What else makes a carbonara? I can't think of, of the other key ingredient. It doesn't matter. Um, cheese? But it, is it cheese? Is it Parmesan cheese? You might be right. Yes. Uh, so cheese, egg, and some type of a cured pork. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, so this called for garlic, zucchini, fresh corn, which all the corn is local now. It's so delicious and cherry tomatoes. And it was just really, really good. We've also been making BLTs. We've not tried a salmon BLT yet, but that sounds delicious. And then I also tried but failed a tomato basil tart recipe from Cooking Light. 
I it looked really good. It just I don't know. It didn't do it for me. So get if watery. anyone has a good it didn't get watery. Actually, I think I used the wrong crust. I I just the crust, I didn't like the crust. It just wasn't not enough flavor. It actually was not watery. It it set really, really well. The flavor just wasn't there. I was not happy with how it tasted and from the, the filling. The filling flavor was not good. I just need to find a better recipe for it. Maybe I shouldn't choose it from Cooking Light. I don't know. Although I do love, I had this giant Cooking Light book. There's a true story. Okay. When I first started working at one of my jobs, I'm not going to name the name in case anyone comes after me. Okay. I had this, I, I guess I'll say, I worked at a grocery store. And this was probably like my first week there. And I had a desk. And it was in the middle of an aisle. I think you're probably visiting me once or twice there. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day after my shift was over, I was getting ready to leave. And I realized someone had left like their, their recipe book on my desk. And I, I decided to put it back like behind my desk for a few days and see if anyone came and pick it up. But no one ever did. So I just took it home. Then I probably realized like three months later that there was this corner of the store where they actually sold these cookbooks. Oh, that is so funny. The store is gigantic. Okay. So I just didn't even know. So I basically stole this $30 cookbook. (laughs) I I think I'd already like written in it because I always write in recipe. I was like, oh my gosh, I just thought someone had left it there. Anyway, it turns out they picked it up and then didn't want to bring it back. So they just threw it on my desk. Anyway, it's a great cookbook. It's cooking light. All right. So that's all I've been making. (laughs) I'm a klepto. What can I say? All right. Should we go get the guys? We should go get the guys. Nick and Mark are here. All right. We, we went and retrieved our husbands. They have nicely put our children to bed. And our first question for them is, how did your slash our plants do this year? And really, what challenges did you have? And go ahead, Mark, you can start. Well, I can't start off with that topic. I have to start out with the fact that if I don't get credit for cutting open salmon and microwaving bacon, that I'm not helping with dinner anymore. What did I tell you? Did he hear us recording? Yes, I was putting the kids to bed and I heard you making fun of my dinner preparation uh, abilities and skills. I mean, you really have to listen to the podcast to hear how how much we slam you. I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, I thought you did listen, Mark. That 30 seconds that I listened outside the door while I was putting the girls to bed was enough. Were you fuming? No. (laughs) So anyway, back to the topic at hand, gardening. Uh, What was your question, Gina? So how did the plants do? You can say that first. And then what challenges did you have? All right. So as a reminder, we grew cucumbers. Uh, I, I shouldn't say we, I grew cucumbers. (laughs) We planted four plants. They were like the mini plants, just tiny, just barely an inch tall Probably should have planted one or two, but we planted four, really three, because one of them was in the shade, so it kind of didn't produce. But the other three uh, produced and were successful. And then uh, we did two tomato plants, uh, like pretty hardy, large tomatoes, and two pepper plants, uh, sweet pepper plants, one orange and one red. And I would say Overall, the cucumbers have been gangbusters and the tomatoes are so far disappointing. There's a ton of green ones and we're going to need a warm couple of weeks here in uh, late August, early September in order to uh, to get our money's worth out of those. But I'm still optimistic. Uh, it's like 85 here this week and mm-hmm. uh, we've got a couple that are turning red. So I'm hoping the other 50 or so turn red here real quick. So what challenges challenges did you have? 
I don't think distribution. Yeah, cucumber <laughs> distribution. So we are currently not done with cucumbers, and I think we've had 122 off those three plants. So wow. uh, giving them to neighbors, taking them to random places during COVID, people don't want your vegetables as much <laughs> when you're like, hey, you want six cucumbers that I just put in this bag and touched? People aren't as big a fans of that. So yeah. so yeah, just getting rid of them. We were getting six to eight pretty much every other day for the last couple months. So it's been... Uh, been been oh. been busy. In terms of other challenges, I'd say what's been really nice is with COVID, I've been working from home. And so mm-hmm. I can pretty much water every day when it's hot, just anytime I get 10 minutes where when I was going into work early, coming home late previous years, it was hard to squeeze in those time periods. So I think the watering has been good. Other than that, I think that, like I said, just the shade in the areas where uh, there's not good sun, the, that cucumber plant did not do as well. Uh, and the other last thing is basil. So basil's done well. We had two basil plants that I split into eight. And uh, so far we've harvested two full times, gotten pesto, and it's ready to be harvested again. So I think uh, we'll end up getting, I don't know what that quantity of pesto that turns into, but a gallon and a half of pesto. So That's crazy. <laughs> okay. All right. So what about you, Nick? How did our plants do? And what challenges did you have? Uh, I cannot wait to hear this. Well, <laughs> I uh, I think we kind of had very similar gardens this year because we were kind of in the, the very same situation. We got to the point where we had too much. I mean, I'm pretty sure our kids are going to turn into a cucumber or a pickle here any day now. Um I got to the point where I did the same thing that you guys did. You know, we planted three of those uh, small pickling cucumber plants. Uh, and I'd say right after the 4th of July, I pulled one out of the ground because I was so sick of looking at cucumbers. Um, I mean, we had so much rain uh, in that uh, middle June, early uh, July period that that we don't normally have in Ohio, and it was, I mean, it it turned our plants into uh, overgrown plants in a couple of weeks. So uh, our our grape tomatoes did great. Um, we'll probably end up uh, harvesting those again here for another month. Uh, I pulled the cucumbers, like I said, just because we had so many. Uh, the peppers did great. We did those, uh, the little small sweet peppers as well. And I'd say last count, we had about 48 of them still on there that are green and, and should be turning here pretty, pretty soon. Um, I, I, we didn't face a whole lot of challenges. I, I uh, well, yeah, well that was going to be part of my challenge. Uh, uh, we didn't face a whole lot of challenges with any of those, those items. They, they grew really well and, and were pretty successful, but um, I decided this year that I was going to take a run at berries, um, and, uh, soon realized that Alvin, Simon and Theodore must be living very, very close by because I, no joke, I turned my strawberry patch into a jail. Um, I did. I mean, literally it's a prison. Um, but yet no matter what I did, it seemed like they were able to dig underneath or get on top. Um, so obviously I, I, I need to do a raised bed next year. Uh, that was my biggest challenge. I, I'm going to uh, incorporate the for, the first ever Forster family berry farm 
Um, and we're going to do a raised bed and, and really lock it down. Maybe even get like a, a simply safe alarm system on it. <laughs> that way I can make sure that none of those little rascals get in there. But all in all, I think it's been pretty successful. I, this is the first year I've never grown squash. Uh, we usually do either an acorn or a butternut or both. Um, but I got a little far behind this year and, uh, instead of, of getting to the, the, the garden store fast enough, by the time I got there, all the squash was gone. So next year I'm going to make sure I get my squash going again, because as I've said, I think it's the easiest, most plentiful that, that we've ever grown. I mean, you can, you can do so much with it. So I think that'll be a, the, the thing that we really do a lot of next year. Yeah. I guess that kind of answers the next question. We'll just have Nick go right into it. So what will you do differently next year? You just kind of answered that. Is there anything else you would do differently next year? And I would like to know which squash, which if you had to choose one winter squash, which would it be? I would do the butternut to be honest with you. Um, because they, it seems the, the acorn squash, once they get past that normal acorn squash size, uh, there isn't much more that you get out of it. But with that butternut, since it's got that neck and it kind of just keeps getting longer and fatter and longer and fatter, every single time you cut them open and cook them, they end up being just fine. Um, so I, I think if I had to do anything, it'd be butternut that you can do so much. It's versatile. I mean, you can do a ton of stuff with it. Um, there for a while we were just chunking it up, putting a little bit of syrup on it and the kids would just eat a ton of it. Uh, so I would think if, if I had to choose, that would be the one. Although spaghetti squash is close behind, uh, close second. We grew it last year. Swing and a miss. Um, so for me next year, yeah, I, I, I'm going to do a whole berry farm. I'm going to do a raised bed. I've been, uh, like Mark talked about. Uh, we've got a couple areas of our of our yard that I just can't plant in because it's only two to four hours at most of sunlight. Um, and I don't think my neighbors really want me to cut down trees. Um, so I got to find a couple of good spots I've been scouting out to do. I want to do blueberries. I'm going to do strawberries. Um, and there might be a possibility of a, an apple tree. I'm still kind of trying to figure out exactly how I want to go about that, but it's a possibility for an apple tree. Nick Appleseed over here. I'll tell you right now, we did not grow spaghetti squash. Like I, we didn't. So that's, there's no way I would remember that. So anyone who's listening and thinks I'm crazy, I guarantee we did not. All right, Mark, what have you learned this year and what will you do differently next year? So I think I've repeated mistakes of the past. Number one being I should always in Michigan buy the early maturity tomatoes. So I think I got to the tomato garden place, garden center, and I saw these starter plants that were huge. Like they were, you know, in May over a foot tall. And you're like, okay, yeah, they have a maturity of 75, 90 days. It'll be fine. But I think in Michigan, the learning is you've always got to do early girl or some variety that's maturing in 55, 60 days. Because like I said, we're sitting here at the end of August and we're going to need two more weeks to get that those 50 tomatoes to come off. And I believe most of them will turn because they're starting to turn right now. But that would be the learning is don't get sucked into different varieties of tomatoes, even if they're appealing or, or whatever, or the plant's already big, just you got to go with the early maturity tomatoes if you're somewhere in the, in, in the North. And I would say 
Uh, I'll, I'll speak on behalf of Nicole, but e- even though I can get like four starter cucumber plants for $2, I think I'm going to have to spend the extra $2 and get zucchini or squash or something else. Cause Nicole is all over me. I, I think I even started pretending that cucumbers were zucchini because I was like <laughs> cooking them and 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 microwaving them and putting salt on them and trying to pretend like they were zucchini. So I think that's the other thing we would change. Before you guys talked about, we were talking about hot cucumbers and how that grosses me out so much. <laughs> but they're so similar. I mean, really, the only difference is what cucumbers are are water, more watery. Yeah, yeah. And They're not what as is starchy. it? Is it gazpacho that is cucumber based? Yes, so good. <laughs> See, and cucumber I and don't like it, but it's not hot. I know it's <laughs> cold <laughs> soup. Mark does not yeah. like cold soup. I literally <laughs> found a zucchini recipe, like in Consumer Report. It's like, what can you do with your garden this summer? And I just started using cucumbers to make whatever the recipe was. <laughs> Fail, fail, I, fail. Well, I'm not going to lie. I actually, when when you asked Nick what kind of uh, zucchini or squash, I was thinking zucchini because I think zucchini are more versatile than anything, truthfully. Speaking of trees, Nick, I, you know, my other project this summer, we, we put up a swing set during COVID and we've got this mulberry tree that's always been there and hasn't been a problem. But now that it's dropping mulberries all over my swing set, I decided to buy this chainsaw, but it's like an electric one. It's not gas powered because I wasn't that manly. I was just like partly manly. So I got this one that's battery powered and I can go out there and cut logs for like five minutes at a time. So over the course of three months, I've cut down half a tree. It's pretty cool. So, you know, you go and get those garden bags at Ace Hardware. You get five of them for $2.50. I've only filled about 600 of those this year. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm halfway done with the tree. And not just wow. the mulberry tree. One day he started going at the other side of our house, the side that's on, we're, we're several houses back from Lake Michigan. And he cut mm-hmm. down a tree and he's like, one night, I don't know what he, I didn't know what he was out there doing. And he goes, he's like, Nicole, come into the bedroom. Come out, come up. Cause we have a little teeny tiny balcony that fits like one chair. And he's like, okay, stand on your tippy toes. You can see a little bit of the lake if you use your imagination. <laughs> uh, but no, really now we can see the lake pretty well in the sunset. Oh, neat. So don't be afraid of your neighbors. Just cut down their trees too. They won't even notice. Oh, I asked our neighbors recently. <laughs> no, actually, I didn't want to cut it down. I like you guys shade. are in the city though. I mean, you we guys are. are yeah. but wait, are mulberries edible? They yeah. are edible. They're just not very good. They squish okay. really easily too. They fall off the tree when they're ripe and you stand. The thing is our kids would like just go out to the swing set and there was no way to avoid them. And then they would come in and get the carpet all nasty. So oh, yes, they're edible. Gosh. They don't taste horrible. They're just not something you would sit down and eat a whole bunch of. You wouldn't add them to a fruit salad. Nick is over here feverishly looking for pictures of spaghetti squash, which he's not going to find. So he'll be doing this for days. Um, I don't have that. Uh, he thinks he took a picture of this quote unquote spaghetti squash. All right. Well, gentlemen, do you have anything else that you want to add before you peace out? Um, Next year, the children will be participating more in the garden. I'm hoping Paige will participate more in the garden next year. That's my goal. Child labor. What what does that mean? Uh, Exactly that. Child labor. Yeah. Uh, Weeding and uh, pruning and uh, just basically being more of a part of it. Uh, And also cooking. I want to... uh, get more I want to get more items that she can kind of use to cook and be able to maybe not cook but chop up and eat and do whatever with Mm -hmm. get her more involved I like that okay 
Wait, Anything I have else? one last question before the guys go. So yeah. we, before you guys hopped on, we talked about all the recipes we made with all your yield. What was your favorite recipe from your garden yield? <laughs> I'm sure Nick's going to have a hard time again, thinking of one thing that I made that he actually liked. <laughs> oh, I like everything you make. Uh, I, I, to be honest with you, we, when we first did pickles last year or two years ago, last year was our first year doing pickles. Uh, you know, we tried to do, you know, the whole pickling ourselves. Uh, and I'm not going to lie. The, the, the way that Gina does it now by buying the tub of pickle, uh, eating the pickle and then chopping the cucumbers up and putting it into the already brine, um, seems to work just as good, if not even better. They, they seem to take on the flavor a lot more, which means one of two things. Either I was doing the brine wrong when I was doing it, or that's just a better way to do it. I don't know. But that's the one thing that I think has been a huge success for us is the ability to keep a tub of pickles in the refrigerator for, I don't know, three or four weeks and just chop up the cucumber, throw it in, let it sit in there for a day or two, pull it out and eat it. And it's delicious. And then what gourmet meal has Nicole made for you? There's pickles over here. So wait, what about Nick? What about the zucchini pizza that we made? Remember that? Yeah. With a sausage. Okay. Yeah. Your your noodles that you do are are obviously not gourmet meal, but those are very good too. Uh, and those peppers, when you slice those peppers up and put them on pizza, they were fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, more pizza and pasta over here. Though so the next thing we're gonna do is we've got I when I bought our tomato plants, I thought I bought three grape tomatoes. Uh, turns out I bought two grape tomatoes and one heirloom tomato. Um, so currently right now we have about eight of these big fat heirloom tomatoes that are on the vine. And I think I'm going to pull them here in a couple of days and we're going to do fried green tomatoes. Ooh, that sounds really good. So gourmet meal coming soon, but not by Gina, by Nick. <laughs> and BLTs. We've been making some amazing yeah, BLTs. What about you, Mark? I would say the one new thing that Nicole just made, it was just this past weekend. It was basically cucumbers with avocado and then sh fried shrimp on top, or mm. I don't know, you, you can sauteed shrimp, however you want to say it with paprika. I don't know what was on. I'm just making it up, but it was basically cucumber, then uh, a little bit of avocado and uh, smashed avocado. And then uh, on top of that, like a shrimp. So it was like an appetizer um, and it was really good. Uh, something we hadn't had before. Other than that, our standby of uh, grilled salsa where we just take you know, the, the, yeah. Okay. So Nicole already described <laughs> it. So we make that every year. And then obviously from a value perspective, the pesto, because I mean, that mm -hmm. basil just is the gift that keeps on giving. So. And do you guys use pine nuts? So I've been trying to get Nicole to use sunflower seeds because pine nuts are so ridiculously expensive. And I think yeah. she, she at least tells me she does 50, 50. So I, <laughs> I, I pick the, uh, the basil, I clean the basil and then she usually takes over with the uh, oil and the food processor. So I haven't actually witnessed if she's doing 50% pine nuts, sunflower seeds, but she says that she is. <laughs> we use whatever nut we have in the in the pantry. So I used cashews the other day. I've used almonds. Rarely do I use pine nuts, but I think sunflower seeds. I kind of like that idea. Yeah, they are really good. I was going to say something I totally forgot, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. Okay. Cool. Well, men, I think we are finished with you. Wait eagerly for us to be finished. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't Goodbye. wait. Bye, guys.
<laughs> yeah, I forgot about that appetizer because we had guests over and I started to photograph it and the cucumbers just were not posing well for me. So I gave up quickly <laughs> and, I, and then we ate they it all. I was like, on. yeah, I forgot about it. But yeah, that's it's totally yeah. true. That was pretty good. Sounds good. All right. So let's move on to our mom wins and favorite new products or recipes. I will start with, got to talk about it on every episode, your crustless pie, which, <sighs> you know, was delicious, but I feel like it was more like a cobbler. I think you mentioned this on the last episode too. There's yeah. more like a cake. <laughs> uh-huh. So what made you call it a, a crustless blueberry pie? I'm just curious. Oh, it just wasn't my recipe. And that's what the source called it. Yeah. I, it. I mean, it was that's not my recipe at all. I just made it and took pictures of it and reposted the recipe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but I did make something very similar and posted it tonight. Actually, it's a strawberry buttermilk cake. Very, oh. very, very similar. Yum. That sounds so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I added strawberries. Actually, I think that the, the two strawberries we got from our garden, I, I threw in that pie. <laughs> Your two strawberries. <laughs> our two strawberries, oh my gosh. yeah. Well, my tasty. mom, when you would like this one, Gina, my mm-hmm. best friend who was just in town, she loves these quick and easy, uh, just kind of weeknight meals. It's called tamale pie. And I finally figured out why my kids didn't devour, devour it. And it's because Trader Joe's taco seasoning is hella spicy. Did you know that? I did not know that. I don't ever buy taco seasoning from Trader Joe's. Not that I I just don't. Okay. I don't, I just happened to the last time I was there, apparently I buy non-perishables usually when I'm there. And then it wasn't until we had tacos like another time that I was like, this is kind of spicy. And the only thing different was the taco seasoning. So it has to be that. So Uh I will remake it probably because it was that good. I mean, I love the spice, but the kids, it was a little too much for them, but it was super basic, just like meat. Uh, I think there was beans in there, corn, and then you take like Jiffy and put it over the top and bake it. Oh, so good. Wait, you take what? Like Jiffy mix, like cornbread mix and put it over the top and like bake it almost like a shepherd's pie kind of thing. But it's a tamale pie. I was thinking peanut butter when you said Jiffy. That's Jiff. Oh, got it. I don't know. Yeah, that my mind went to peanut butter. I was very confused. That makes much more sense. Did I say Jiff or Jiffy? I said said Jiffy. You said oh. Jiffy. That's right. I think I was thinking Jiff and Skippy and I was like, peanut butter, peanut butter. But Jiffy is, yeah, like cornbread. Okay. Is it Jiffy or Jiff? It doesn't matter. The cornbread stuff, the blue box. Yeah. I think that the peanut butter's Jiff and the cornbread's Jiffy. I think you're right. Oh, gosh. It doesn't matter. We it's, know what you mean. Our br- <laughs> Jiffy lube is what I get when I Jiffy corn. <laughs> I think it is Jiffy. Okay. Okay. I think, it doesn't I think matter. you're right. It's Everybody Jiffy. knows what I'm talking about. We we got it. and we've got the recipe, so we're all good. <laughs> Make it. Okay, so moving on. That sounded really good. I think that would be right up our alley. We love clearly, we love pizza, pasta, and also tacos. I didn't mm. mention that. And actually that just reminded me of one more recipe <laughs> as I was as the men were talking. Another recipe from your cookbook, actually, what that we made recently that involved the sweet peppers from our garden was the quick Tex Mex chicken pockets or packets. Mm. Easy cleanup, easy prep, and really, really good with chicken, black beans, corn, and then the sweet peppers. And then a dollop of, I don't know, sour cream, some lime, some cilantro. Very, very good. All right. So review time. P Belly 6 says, absolutely love listening to these gals chatted up about hot topics, life, and everything in between. I look forward to getting to work, booting up my computer, grabbing a cup of coffee, and starting the podcast. Oh, that's so sweet. As an RD myself, I frequently find myself nodding along in agreement. When I'm not nodding along, I'm either cracking up or taking notes slash learning something new. 
10 out of 10 would recommend. You will not be disappointed. That was very sweet. Thank you. I'm actually curious. I wonder if if any other dietitian who is listening to our yogurt episode thinks that we are just complete idiots <laughs> because of the vitamin D. <laughs> like, are we the only ones that did not know, didn't realize that vitamin D But vitamin D, D really was not on a label until recently. True. Thank you. But There's no way we would have known that. We would assume that yeah. falsely. <laughs> but until like this past year, which I, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I tend to buy the same just products. So, and I don't know. Yeah. So I don't really look I at nutrition labels a ton. I don't know. I don't, I'm a dietitian, exactly, but I don't look reason. at nutrition labels. Um, I, but really, I, I really I, don't. I don't even recommend that people look at nutrition labels necessarily, depending on, you know, why they're seeing me or what their issues are. You can tell based on the product almost. I mean, exactly. if you're a dietitian, I guess, but like I can almost, almost guess like what it's going to yeah, be. The vitamin, vitamin D stumped us. <laughs> right. So coming up on September 13th, we will be dishing about fruit and vegetables for packed lunches. We're going to be doing a little taste test. Actually, actually not really for packed lunches. I will just say we're just doing a little taste test with our girls, Shay and Paige, just with new fruits and vegetables that you could definitely put in a packed lunch. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitians Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram and check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. Okay, until next time, everyone, be well. And Nicole, will talk to you soon. Take care, Gina. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.